0: a Motorsport Podcast Network production. Ah, great to have you with me. Aaron Noonan here for another week. This is the V8 Sleuth Podcast, powered by Castrol. In 2024, you've come to the right place. Last week, we got stuck into a chat with Australian racing legend, Peter Fitzgerald, and on this episode, we're going to push on with plenty more great stories. We're going to delve deeper with Fitzy into the Porsche years, GT Production. What a great class that was. That amazing 911 RSCS CS that just quietly is worth a pretty penny these days. Nations Cup. Of course, we talk Monaros and <laughs> Fitzy not a fan of those and so much more. But before we start, I need you to do us a favour. Every Tuesday, the Motorsport News podcast goes live and you can get it wherever you're listening to this podcast. So just search for the Motorsport News podcast. Subscribe to that and the VH Sleuth pod via your favourite podcast app so you'll get notified whenever a new episode goes live. And if podcasts and all this tech stuff's not your thing, don't worry. Subscribing to a pod doesn't mean spending any money. It just means that you'll get notified when every new episode goes live. And in 2024, actually, we've added some more stuff for you. The Brad Jones Racing Rundown Pod has joined the Motorsport News Pod offering this year, so make sure you get those episodes too for the latest of what's going on inside Uncle Bradley's Aubrey Emporium. Right, let's get cracking with Fitzy. Part two of my chat with Peter Fitzgerald. Enjoy this one. It's the V8 Sleuth Podcast, powered by Castrol, recorded on the kitchen table at Fitzy's place in the east of Melbourne. So in that falcon era... There was the, the 911 RSCS, yes, and that was the that was the, that lasted a long time. That car that went 95 to 99, 99. in GTP. So that's when I think it was super production it became GTP. Ross Palmer and Pro Car yeah. and and running all that sort of stuff. So that Falcon deal went right through into the GT3 Club Sport into the first of the Cup cars in Nations mm. Cup. And, then and we
1: won cup, the, the three hour at Bathurst.
0: And I was mm. going to talk to you about that. Yeah, with Jimmy and I. So you won the championship in GTP in 97, and yep. then you and Jimmy won the 98. So they had the, remember, the three-hour showroom showdown. It was the yep. Saturday afternoon proddy car race at the V8 Supercar Bathurst. Yep. So it's you and Jimmy against Neil Crompton and Darren Palmer in the Ross Palmer yeah. Ferrari Challenge. And it ended
1: up with Jimmy duking with, with, with Neil Conley yeah, on the last lap, yep. nose to tail.
0: Yep, absolute yeah. ripper. Neil's yep. talked about it with me, that race. Yeah, Loved it. Huge respect for Jimmy. A lot yep. of love for Jimmy from him and I know from you too. Yep. But I remember the vision watching at home of you on the pit wall <laughs> like, going nuts. That looked like the most happiest you were to win a race because you'd finally won, yeah. you know, got a Bathurst yeah. win in, in a Porsche, a major yeah. enduro win after the disappointments of those 12 hours. You yes. to win in those three in a row, four in a row with Eastern Creek and then you finally get a Bathurst win. So yeah. that looked like that was a pretty big highlight. And
1: I think it was, I can't remember, but I'm sure it was the 50th anniversary of Porsche 911 in the country. I
0: Oh yeah, that rings a bell.
1: Um, because I know on the Sunday, Jim and I were at a function at a uh, winery out in the Yarra Valley to celebrate. Porsche had a big group of customers and out celebrating out there. We were guests, and, and we both had to go out, and they sort of celebrated our win from the day before. You
0: mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a great. Did that did that make up for those twelve hours?
1: Oh, I don't dwell on faves.
0: Yeah. It just was what it was. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Good day at the office in 98. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I want to talk to you about Bathurst 1000. We did touch on a little bit before with that, that yep. Gemini 90, uh, <laughs> 1981, which was a good year. That's the year I was born, so it was a great year. <laughs> so when I look back on it, you did eight Bathurst 1000 starts, nine one that didn't you know, get yep. to the line, yep. between 81 and 97. So there's a lot of gaps there where – I guess there weren't deals happening. You had other yep. stuff going. People didn't ring. Someone wanted money you didn't have. Yep. All that type of stuff. So the, your first start actual in the race was eighty two, barbecues galore Camaro. Yeah, slight difference from the Gemini. Oh, quietly. you can
1: bet on it. That Just was a little. Jeff Leeds. Yeah, Jeff yeah. Leeds, who's still kicking around. It was Ron Dixon's team, mm. and I think was Peter McKay the other driver. Was Ronnie. <sighs>
0: Rings a bell, uh, Bob Stevens. I think. Oh, right Bob, ring. it yeah. was Bob. That's correct. Yeah, and we, and we did, we did lose Jeff a few years ago, but there were two cars. There yeah. were, and Jonesy had driven one earlier in the year. Yeah, I think he decided that he didn't want to keep doing that. But yeah. how, how did you that, come to drive a bloody Camaro? Right. I, it's it's the last sort of car I'd ever. People would connect yeah, you to. Yeah, and
1: I can't remember how that even happened. <laughs> it must mustn't
0: have... have been a good deal if it doesn't stand well, out. Well, if
1: it, Ron's involved, I must have had to pay money, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't remember paying him. <laughs>
0: it happened. There's photos. You did it. So, Staring with KB and eighty four, we talked about. Yep. Eighty five, you're in a Staring again, but you're that in was the fence. A factory car. you in the. There was two factory cars. You were with Bradley. Pete McKay was with KB. Yeah. But you're out on the first corner.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. That car, I was supposed to be the number two driver, sorry, the number one driver for the second car. Mm. We went to Sandown that debuted my car, right? They've been building it all year. Uh, the Murphy brothers, I think it was, who'd been doing Can-Am in the US, Mitsubishi had hired them. And um, we, you um, know, I, I guess I'm digressing, I'm going back to Sandown, but it starts there. Uh, Problems with KB and I, and uh, I qualified. I can't remember sand down top five maybe or six. KB was eighth or ninth. Anyhow, I said to KB, I said, "I've not started one of these KB. I've I've jumped in as a co-driver, but how do you get these off the line?" He said, "Ah, just rev it to seven grand, drop the clutch. You'll be right." Well, flag dropped. I'm sitting there, we'll spit them a bum off while everyone goes past and I'm 11th on lap one.
0: So seven was too many.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Four, five probably a bit better. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe okay. slip it a little yeah, bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I worked, I worked and Bondi was running in that event. Anyhow, I worked my way back through the field, got up to top five um, and I radioed in after about 10 laps saying, hey, water temps on 120, what do you want me to do? And they said, keep going. So then after my stint and I got us back up the front, um, I pitted, handed over to Brad and Kevin wasn't happy about that because they had Peter Mackay with Kevin and Brad with myself and he wanted Brad. Anyhow, Brad hopped in, uh, did about five laps and it cooked itself. Obviously the pit stop had done the damage while you're sitting there with no air. It just air.
0: gets hotter and it doesn't have airflow. So it yeah. didn't
1: finish. Anyhow, they repaired it all for Bathurst and Brad had jumped up and down a, a bit about not getting enough laps at Sandown, da 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 So at Bathurst, and, and I've learned from being a co-driver, if you co-driver, you go sit in the corner until someone grabs you and says, it's your turn. Anyhow, um, he was going on about not getting enough laps, so it was me in, him in, me in, him in. And we, we were trying to make a, a tyre selection, which ones we were going to run, which compounds, etc. And in qualifying, I think in the end, there was like a couple of tents between KB, myself and Brad. And when I did my stint, I came in and said, put Brad on the other tyres, they're, they're going to be better. Because I'd run on them previously. And he went out and he knocked me off, didn't worry me. But all the press came out with, Brad Jones out qualifies Fitzy for Bathurst. And I thought, ah, it's water under a duck's back. And then we started, I think, 11th and 12th on the grid. And this time I'm beside him. And this time I got a good start, doing it my way. And we've gone into turn one. And I thought, this is first lap. Don't do anything stupid. Stay everyone's way. I've gone around the corner with KB. John French in a Commodore comes Between us, going up Mountain Straight, KB does the left-hand turn into Frenchy. Frenchy hits me. He and I go into the wall.
0: Race over. Race over. Done. All of about 300 odd
1: minutes. Race over. And KB told Mitsubishi that I was over-enthusiastic in turn one. And I thought that's the last thing I wanted.
2: Mm.
1: So then it came to going to uh, Clipsell. They were going to run the cars there. Mitsubishi said, "We're going." Oh, which to-
0: was the first year of the Adelaide Grand Prix, and Mitsubishi yeah. sponsored the Grand Prix.
1: Yep. And now they said we're going to put Brad in the car because he hasn't had enough laps. So I didn't get a Guernsey.
0: That kind of ended that.
1: And that, and then Brad took over the team for the next year. Mm. So that was the end of my hopeful break into touring cars. Mm. You know, because mm. I'd made it. They were going to give me a second car. I was going to be the lead driver, and it was going to go on from there. But they pulled out. That was that. Yep.
0: Everyone's got those stories. They just the what ifs and what ifs. could be. Yeah. But in good news, you got back with Bondi the next year. And that gorgeous little Ignis GTV6 Alpha yep. that just has the best yep. engine note. That car's still around. We still we saw so Valtteri Bottas drove it in Adelaide at the festival oh, last did year and flogged the guts out of it just quietly.
1: <laughs> um,
0: to drive with Bondi at Bathurst and, and from what you said earlier in our chat that you, you love of Bondi and, yep. I mean, he's he's an icon, isn't he? You know, No Absolutely. one is going to win the touring car or supercar championship as it is now, the Australian Rally Championship at Bathurst. Yeah. No one will do that ever again. Yeah. Can't see it happening.
1: He's, he's just a top bloke, you know. Mm. And um, we um, when we ran the uh, little Alpha, it didn't finish, unfortunately. Um, I'd... I'd been in the car when it failed. It started to miss. I'd, I, what had happened is I'd just gone down Conrad following Murray Carter in the skyline and he gave me a good toe. And I'd just done the quickest lap the had done in, in the event, you know. And uh, as I've gone up Mountain Straight, I started to miss and miss and miss and miss. And I radioed in. They said, you better come in. So I came into the pits and they upped the bonnet and um, they couldn't see anything the matter. Bondy came to me. I said, he said, do you want to go and do another lap and see if you, it's all right? I said, well, I prefer you do it, Colin, because you know the car better than me. So we swapped out and he went around, came back in, and they had another look because it was still missing. And the harmonic balance is going in and out like this. It had broken a crank.
0: Better for the car owner to be in it when that is officially diagnosed than yeah, yeah, the co driver, I reckon. It
1: had broken a crank, so fortunately it wasn't my fault, but I'm not, I, I probably, that run down Conrad might have been enough
0: to a pull a couple
1: more, of extra reds to do the damage.
0: A few more kph that the skyline was yeah, punching a hole in the air for you.
1: Yeah.
0: So the next year you're with Peter McLeod for Sandown and his Commodore, but he gets the gig with Brock. Correct. And wins the race in the end. Yeah, and I ran. And you ran with the captain. Yeah. So the two Peters, Jansen and Fitzgerald are together yeah. in another Peters Commodore. Yeah. How does that work?
1: Yeah. Uh, that was interesting because they rang me up, said, would you like to drive? Because Pete said, oh, I'm running with. Because I knew Pete from Mamaroo all the time. We mm. bumped into each other. And um, uh, him and Barry Jones were, were good mates, even though Barry ran the Mazda team. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so... So running running that car was your basic Commodore, really. There was nothing special. And we finished. Mm. And I remember probably the most memorable event of that race with, with Pete Jansen was he was going down the main straight and the bonnet popped up on Conrad, slapped it on the roof and he got it back into the pits and um, he came in and said, Jesus, he said, I thought the Channel 7 TV had landed on the roof. <laughs> and and, and he, f- he got his way back into the pits and then they slammed me in, slammed the bonnet down and said, do two slow laps and we'll be back and come back in, we'll, we'll secure the bonnet better. So I go around and I do two laps and then I come in and next minute a guy's come out of a pit lane with a pinch bar Shoved it straight through the bonnet, made a hole, and then fed chain into it, and put a padlock on it to make sure the bonnet wouldn't come up.
0: <laughs> Did it work?
1: Absolutely, it worked. Well, we, f- we finished. Any it, way
0: to get an outcome?
1: We finished the event, and we're, I don't. we where nowhere really, but all the crowd at the top were clapping when we come round.
0: <laughs> so, was a story? Somehow, when Jansen was involved in a Bathurst car, somewhere, oh. the Petrotec car—that's what it was—the blue, white, and red. Car, I remember that. It's funny the brands are sticking here.
1: Typically him with his partying, he rang me up. He said, "Fitzy old chap, he said, would you mind popping by my motel? I've hopped on a plane back to Melbourne, but I've left all my gear in the motel. Could you bring it back for me? (laughs) (laughs) So I grabbed it and brought it back and took it to him. Last time I saw him, actually. (laughs) So Bathurst
0: 1000 starts. There's a gap from 87 and you didn't do it again until 91 with Denny. Yep. And then another gap, 93, you're back with Frank, the Diet Coke car with Jeff Full, because they'd expanded with two B&H, two Diet Cokes, there's some seats going. So had 91 been the link to help open the door for that? it had. And
1: it's just that I didn't get a Guernsey the next year because of the Europeans. And then... Jeffrey, uh, I got to drive with Jeff, young Jeff. And mm. he's, he was a good little punter. Blanchard was in the other – he yep. was a by driver in the other.
0: He was with Jeff Allen. Soper was with Longhurst. Yeah. Morris had Winklehock, who was the British touring car champ at yep. the time. And you were but, with Fully in the – But Cape typical
1: 25. of by drives, the cars don't normally get the same attention as the The primaries, yeah. In the primaries, right? Yeah. So um, we qualified 20-something, one or 2 mm. And, um, Frank rang up and said, I want Fitzy to start. Why? I don't Cause know. Cause he
0: wasn't there, was he? No, he he'd was be, sick in He'd Queensley. been ill. He'd missed. That was the first one he missed in a long time. Yeah.
1: And he rang from Queensland. so, said, I want Fitzy to start. Why? I'm not sure. But anyhow, I got it up to, I think, 14th or something in my first stint and I handed it over to Jeff. And then Jeff, Jeff toodled around and then it failed. And I can't remember why it.
0: I think that those cars had rev limiter issues that weekend. Mm. There were all sorts of dramas that they just weren't playing with the electronics. So unfortunately, we didn't finish. Yeah, yeah. And then the last V8. Well, actually, the yeah. Once we went into the V8 supercar era, after that, there was a a run with Cricky, the Elcare Commodore in '97.
1: Yeah. Well, we had a little bit of history back in production days. Yeah. Because in '88 when I was trying to decide what car should I run. Did he try
0: to sell you a Honda, by the way? No. Oh, right, okay. He's a car dealer from way back.
1: Yeah, Tasmania, yeah. Um, What happened was I was trying to decide between the VL turbo and the RX-7 turbo. So I decided I'd buy two, build them both to the rigs, take them to Calder, and then make a decision, and then I'd flog off the one I wasn't going to run. As it would happen, when I did the back-to-back test, they were in a tenth or two of each other. And I'm going, <laughs> I Had to make a call now. So I made the call to run with the RX-7. And then I ended up leasing the VL to Cricky to mm. run that year. So he drove. That's my connection with him. Uh-huh. And then he'd rang up and offered me to drive at Bathurst. Um, and we didn't really get anywhere.
0: Mm. I think you did Sandén and Bathurst together. We've had Cricky on the podcast last year. It was, uh, always good for a story. Yeah. Always good for a story. Good fellow. He's great. Crick. Um... The Shannon Speed Series is back for 2024. And next stop is Simmons Plains for AWC Race Tasmania on March 15-17. to 17. Peugeot points leader Ben Barkwana leads the way. It's a round two of the super cheap auto TCR Australia Series. And there's plenty of V8s to see in here too. Mighty Moth, Spicy Gricey, and the Trico Trans Am series are in action, as well as the ground-shaking Precision National Sports Sedan Series. It's just $55 for a three-day pass. Book now via motorsporttickets.com.au. We talked a lot of proddy cars. A lot of people forget you went super speedway racing. Oscar, Commodore, Correct. Goodyear, Falcon. How did that all come to be? Because it only pops into my mind um, because that car, later on in some years after, be- was reborn as one of those Bathurst future tourers that James Brock won the first race in the wet at Bathurst that you drove with Darren MacDonald on pole in the, Os- the blue Oscar way back down the track in 99. But mm-hmm. how did you come to end up doing Oscar and... Commodores around the Thunderdome because it sort of it doesn't. I don't know the link here. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't understand I got approached by
1: Greg Stevens from Budget Auto Wreckers uh-huh, In yes. Thomastown. Town. Yep. He owned the car, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Part who's the engine Neil Burns. Yeah, Neil Burns. Yeah, he was to build the engines for the car. He Had good connections <laughs> with that, um, <coughs> and um, John Lindell we were dealing with in those days. At Holden, yeah, yep. top bloke. And he recently contacted us and we, he's got a Boxster now which we serviced for him about six months ago. Small world. Yeah, it is. Anyhow, um, uh, yeah, so I drove I drove that and that's when Brad was king of the Oscars. He was, He yeah. did a good job, yeah. Him and his brother do an excellent job raising funds and whatever. Anyhow, there's him, Johnny Faulkner, and... Um, and Seaton, it was a guy. Mark Seaton, Mark yeah, Seaton, Falcon. Remember, yep. yeah, yeah. No relation to Glenn. Spelt yeah, differently. But. Yeah. So really, um uh, I probably did better on the flat tracks. You now I remember I won a, I won a tag Hoyle watch at Indy for getting fastest lap around um, the Indy circuit when they ran up there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it but,
0: was big. It was a the super the NASCAR Oscar thing in that early to mid nineties races at the Thunderdome, Gold Coast Indy. Good money. Yeah, good big money. Probably mm. too much money that brought it all undone later down the track. Mm. Oran Park, it was a road course race on the short track at Eastern Creek. Mm. Um, AIR on that short flat yep. little oval over there. Yeah. Like it was a great summer of racing. Yes. 7 8 rounds. It was big
1: ticket stuff. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. The Thunderdome it was That's probably was why that I got tinnitus it? though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 How did you find the Thunderdome stuff? Because a lot of oh, guys, no, no. it was very different to what. Oh you're yeah,
1: used to. you're really testing yourself there because mm. you've got to throw it in and hope that it grips. Yeah. You know, it's it's that sort of tense, mm. and there was tricks to setting up the car and buffing the tyres and all that sort of stuff. Because they
0: weren't slicks, were they? No, the road they were roadies. Roadies, yeah. Roadies, yeah.
1: which you'd buff down.
0: Mm. Mm. <laughs> Different world, different yep. time. It's, it's, one it's a pity of the, it died. Yeah, I was going to say, we have so many readers of our website, listeners of our podcast, the stuff that we do. Whenever we do anything Thunderdome, stand back and watch it light up because yeah. there's a real love. And it's really nice to see Calder Reborn and the flat track being back in Newset Club and mm. sort of state-type level well. Well, they were getting
1: 44,000 people Yeah, they at their races.
0: Yeah, Under, and when they turned the lights on, that changed it again to – put it into that yeah. kind of good timing for people to come out for a, you know, it was like a night at Speedway, pretty much.
1: It's, it's a pity, you know, that no one else had, like, it was, it's credit to Bob to started it all off, mm. but he just couldn't back it up with that sort of a venue in any other state, which is what it really needed. It
0: needed another one or two Around the around the, around country, the country somewhere, some, somewhere in Queensland, somewhere in Sydney. Yeah,
1: because yeah. Adelaide so, was a bit of a joke, really. Yeah, it was tiny.
0: Mm-hmm. Although, a bit of a ball ring, it did turn on a bit of drama and yeah. a bit of action when people lost their shit and couldn't help but yeah. drill someone to get past them. But um, Oscar, car stuff, you won Targa as Correct. well. In yep. so 99, I think it might 98, it.
1: 98 and 98. 99. Yeah, yeah. Because what happened was in 98... Uh, they changed the rules that there were three championships, historic, classic, and modern. Mm. So there were three champions rather than only one. Yeah. And uh, I got approached because I'd been running from 96, 97 in the 968 turbo. That's that right. Which developed. was one
0: of the, the club sports yeah. converted, wasn't it? I converted yeah. it. And
1: yeah. um, we were in fifth in our very first target and, um, with Jeremy Brown, who was my navigator. In the second one, we went out with a head gasket at Sathana. And then I was going to do 98, but I got a call from Michael Barch at Porsche and said, look, Joachim Mass was supposed to drive the uh, Museum 356 quad cam. He can't make it. Would you drive it? And I <laughs> I said, um, oh, I'm not really into hysterics. And, a more modern and man. all my mates around me at the time, or the guys in the shop said, what the – What's the matter with you? Don't knock that back. Anyhow, I took the ride and uh, Porsche said to me, <laughs> they said, it's 250 grand car, don't bend it, but we want you to win it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, thanks for that. No pressure. And no pressure, but we'd like you to win it. And, um, oh, and by the way, we've got your navigator. It's Michael Peterson and he's a journalist from Germany and he's never been a navigator. <laughs> I said, oh, thanks it for that. this is challenging. So I taught him on the run how to navigate, given that I'd only had two years' experience. And uh, he did an excellent job and uh, it's history now. We we won by, I think, two minutes or something. But it was a great car, one of the most... You know, for a guy that's not in hystericals <laughs> or st- historicals, um, it was really fun to drive. Yeah. Nearly didn't get there because on the last day when we were in Burnie, uh, I said to Klaus, who was out from the museum. Klaus that's Yeah, That's him. Yeah. I said, mate, there's something not right with a clutch, you know. I'm not feeling it's – anyhow, when he checked it, he said it was holding on by one thread, the clutch cable. And he's chasing around Bernie, trying to find a clutch cable for a three-five-six.
0: Because I'm sure there's just poles Isn't of them lying around.
1: And he said to me, "You can't drive this like this. You can't drive it so hard. You know." Do I, you want me
0: to win or not? I drive
1: players? it like a, like I drive it like <laughs> I stole it. He said, "You've got to have sympathy for the vehicle." So on this last day, I took it easier because we had such a. <laughs> you burden. had a lead by then. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a great event. Yeah, and then the next year. Uh, a, a customer of mine and friend Mike Mansell bought Jimmy's car.
0: Yes, that he and Barry had run. Had was it the, the 911
1: 993. 20. Yeah, yep. And um, he approached me to run with him. He was going to originally run with another mate and um, he wouldn't, we were at a party at the time or barbecue and his mate said, no, I don't want to do it. And I said, he asked me, I said, yeah, but I'm not sitting in the left hand seat.
0: I'm a right-side guy. There's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> There's got to be a steering wheel in front of me.
1: Yeah, and we won it. So, And then we had second the next year. Uh, that was 2000. And then 2001, we went out where I came off the track south of Hobart. Someone had sabotaged the corner with oil. I remember that, yeah. And there were a number of cars I that split off. went off, yeah. And I ended up going up the bank and landed on top of a stump. And fractured my third thoracic. Mm. And uh, anyhow, my wife at the time, she was running um, with Karen. Can't remember her last name. She ran in a three-five-six, and she navigated for her. Anyhow, they took me to hospital. Hospital said, "Yeah, X-ray show you've got this. Take these painkillers. See you later." So I walked back to the motel. Wife popped in to say, hello, see how you're going, and then she went out and got on the piss. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. You know,
1: so she had a good time.
0: <laughs> Does it say, I mean, that Targa from when it started in the early 90s into sort of the, the early to mid '90s, was probably its its peak where there was Bannerhead, no one, you know, Jimmy, Brocky, yeah. yourself – there, there, you know, and there were star names from overseas. Dick had a yeah. run in it and there was Sandra eight, a, and... a
1: lot of V8 guys, like yeah. the touring guys, Yeah, um, it, it seemed to me that it's a different discipline.
0: Completely different.
1: Completely different. And some of them couldn't hack it, you know. Uh, young Stevie Johnson. He drove um, one of the Mazdas um, Gary, on one year Gary tour. Walden. Yeah. A lot of them had offs yeah, because they drove without keeping something up their sleeve. Mm. and you've got to have something up your sleeve because you can come around a corner and it's gone from dry to wet leaves on the ground or mm. water running mm. across.
0: And that's not in the notebook. Yep. Mm. And
1: you never know. So you've got to have a little bit up your sleeve. And we had some moments, just the same, trying to drive with discipline. But I thought, geez, if I push this any harder,
0: mm. you know. Does it sadden you to see what that what has happened with that event Absolutely. in the recent past? Yeah.
1: It's so sad it's not an event anymore. Mm. You know, um, we all know when we sign up, the dangers of what we do, and we admit to it, right? Mm. So let us go play. It's our enjoyment. Mm. But the goody goodies uh, just don't want to let them play anymore.
0: But did it go too far, too Fitz? Because there was, you know, the cars that were the the, the leading cars in the nineties. When you look at the two thousands as it went on. Lamborghini Gallados and, like, exotic supercar type stuff. Did it go too far with the cars? Uh, You know, was there a line crossed somewhere along the line? That
1: 993 I ran would have had 550, 600 horsepower. Hmm. So a lot of those cars have only got that sort of grunt, maybe 100 more, but and they're heavier, you know. um, It really comes down to the individual and their own personal discipline. And I mean, it's a shame. Look at Brocky, you know, mm. he was killed in WA. But those events, without doubt, are the most dangerous motorsport events in Australia mm. or the world. Mm. Because if the biggest fear we would have is a side impact against a tree.
0: And that's what he had. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: So there's no Armco in a lot of places. And, you know, there's been a lot of bad accidents where people have got out and walked away, some that don't. Mm. But if you look at the history of the whole event, the number of deaths are insignificant.
0: As a percentage of the amount of stages, C- kilometres, cars, crews. Correct. If you compare it to the road toll every day you hear on the news. Correct. And there is no-one being forced to do it. That's right. Mm. But I do understand too that there's we live in different times yep. from... Ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five years ago, even so. But the point being that this great event that you know bounced onto the scene in the early nineties grew and boomed and has mm. so many great memories for so many people. You're on that list of people who've mm. who, who've won it. It's a really special list and a special event that just that every time we read about it in the general media now, it's because of the negative and it's because of. It not running or a sanctioning body being changed or an accident, a fatality or whatever it might be. Mm. There hasn't been a good news story about Target Tassie, sadly, for no. And even for quite some they time. have this
1: drive Tazzy as well, like the touring stage. You go down near the tour, guys come off in that.
0: Mm. Mm. And they're supposed to be just driving, yeah. not competitively. Like, yeah. 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 Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil Tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number 2, and oil and find out. Mate, let's jump back to um, the Porsche stuff we got into the, uh, the GTP. The Evolution became Nations Cup when it grew so much that they kind of had to split the the fast cars out and put you in your your own category and put the proddy cars in their own Mm. sort of thing. That pro car thing really grew over time. Mm. The gd 3 club sport was the car when Nations Cup came, Vipers, there was Ferraris, there was the Lambos, the Monaros came along a bit later. Um, Nations Cup only lasted five years Mm. from go to woe when Mm. it wound up, when pro car wound up. But the, now that we're sort of 20-odd years down the track, I reckon that's the golden timeframe where it's not recent enough that it doesn't matter to people. It's not too far ago that they can't remember. It's in the perfect zone that – and the rose-coloured glasses come on a little bit, but that's cool. That's, that's life. That was a really cool era of racing yeah. with those different cars. Again, different cars, politics, rev limits, restrictions, all sorts of stuff. But when I look back on that, I look on that back on that as a really cool little era that didn't last as long as we had hoped it would.
1: Yeah. Because, um, like, in those days, there were still certain restrictions in what you could do to the cars,
0: mm. you know. Still a production car. Still
1: a production car. car so suspension was free, um, engine management we could do, and um, exhaust, et cetera, roll cage, all that sort of stuff. And the Porsches, like Jimmy and I, you know, we ran our GD3s along with other people, um, Bradbury in Sydney. Peter Bradbury, yeah. Peter Bradbury. Yeah, there's a few. um, Quite a few. I mean, uh, Greg Keane. um, I'm trying to think of them all now, but there's a lot of them. And uh, the Porsches' strength was not straight line speed. So circuits that... Preferred straight line speed, we were at a handicap. But they handled and they stopped. And above all, they were reliable. Hmm. And I think that irked Palmer, who owned the series, Ross Palmer, because he really wanted, because Jim kept winning.
0: He, right? he did have a bit of a mortgage there for a few years. He kept didn't he? winning,
1: and I was normally second or third or whatever. And it was all because we were consistent and we finished every event.
0: Yeah, and the, and the classic, and we, we did it in Jimmy's book recently, that when he won the 02 Nations Cup in the cup car, I think he won one, maybe two races. But while the Lambo blew up here and the Ferrari didn't finish there, he finished every race. Might have been fifth, might have been third, might have been yeah. sixth, might have been the odd win. Yep. But he won the title in his least dominant three. year.
1: Yeah. More than likely he would have been the top three mm. every event. Mm. And you, you win championships that way. They add up. I go back to when I ran... A Porsche um, RSR in the GT series at Calder, I entered the championship um, when, when there was Brian Thompson running, Alan Grice was running the, He's in the, Monza. the Monza, Yeah. and Treadnorworth and those guys, all quicker, you know. But my thing off the line was dynamite. Like at Sandown, I was fourth on the grid, first into turn one. Mm. But then they all passed me going... Down the back straight, straight. yeah. (laughs) But at Calder, um, I, uh, I... And I didn't start the series. I missed two rounds. But by the end of the season, I notched up enough points, went into the last round at Calder, and Grice ran out of petrol with a lap to go or something, and I won it. And when I looked at the points, I thought... I could have won this if I'd done the other two of yeah, I should
0: have gone to the other ones.
1: <laughs> and I was probably only fourth fastest in lap times, you yeah.
0: Know? Just gotta stay in. So you gotta be in it to win it. You do, you do. Um, Monaros. Was it uh, the thing you hated the most of yeah. Nation's Cup?
1: Yep. Had their own real book, Political Money.
0: Um, I knew we'd get a we'd get a bit of chat out of you on this topic yeah, just quietly.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because there's been a bit of chat on Facebook recently about that era and the cars, people saying, what was your favourite car in um, in Nations Cup? And you I were, think
0: I might have posted that just quietly. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, cause yeah. I, and we got such a varied Absol- response. We got yeah. a bit of everything.
1: Yeah, well, um, I went on there and I said, the Monaro should never have been there. And I got a lot of support from people. And I was waiting for the guys to rag me, but I haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> but I said they had their own rule book. You know, I got congratulated in the 24-hour for winning the event and I finished third in a cup car, John Chulon's car.
0: You know, three. And that was a Falcon liveried car with Paul Morris, John Chulon, Scotty Shearman, I think was yep, the other guy. and that myself. That's right.
1: And Paul and I did the majority of the driving and we finished third. And people said, congratulations on winning Bathurst. I said, no, we were third. No, you weren't. Those other two cars are in their own race, mm. had their own rule book. It's
0: funny because... I reckon some people have got a slightly tainted view of the history and everyone's got their own angle on it. But the Monaro, when it was in Nations Cup, the championship, I think people confuse that with the 24-hour races because it didn't dominate the Nations Cup. Never won the championship. Nathan Pretty won some races. Brock had the odd win or two when he was doing it. But it wasn't the dominant car. Had its odd day at the office, but not
1: heaps. But the beef is it was not a production car. That's right. You couldn't walk into a Holden dealer and buy one. No. There was no. only four built.
0: No. so And and clearly, from a pro car perspective, having Holden spending money and being in there, because remember, they're not V8 supercars of Esco. Yep. They're, they're, yep. They were their own thing and doing their own thing. So to have Holden in, which therefore eventually brought Brock in, which brought publicity, which brought exposure, mm-hmm. which brought money, which made it better from that perspective for the series, for the Pro Car, for Nations Cup, for you know, yep. all boats rise in a storm kind of thing. So I totally get it from that angle. Yep. Totally get it. So
1: why have a rule book?
0: You could have done all sorts of funky stuff exactly. with Porsches and bits and pieces. Absolutely. So, yeah, it, it was always one of those things. that was never going to keep everyone happy. No,
1: it was. It was designed. They were in there to win.
0: Oh, totally. Right. And Who nothing, wasn't though?
1: Nothing was going. Yeah, but nothing was going to challenge them, they had, the, they had the unfair advantage of running that 554 or whatever it is, 454 engine. Mm. Which, 427, yeah, 427, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah and, yeah. and the other thing was that at those 24-hour Bathurst, because that's where everyone remembers them winning those two years in a row, the yellow car first and the Brock car the next year. When you look back on it, though, the field, no one had the best of everything to go against them. If there was a factory Porsche with Mark Lee, Alex Davison, whoever the factory guys were at the time, run by Freisinger or whoever was mm-hmm. the gun team at the time, they would have given them a big run. They could have won the race. But I remember the first year there was that. Remember that Surtec Porsche that Gricey was in. It yes, had, it had a the fellow Manfred Uresh. I think he was like fifty-eight or sixty or something. At the time nothing against age. He was a pay driver and he was doing like two-minute fifties. in a a GT Porsche at Bathurst that was, you know, at other times leading the race. Mm. So the Monaro's never had the sort of competition of three or four pro drivers, pro team, car that could run flat out all day. Everyone else was compromised in Mm. one way, shape, or form. So, And it's sad that that race only ran two years because then it it cost so much money Mm. to do and Ross spent so much money on pro car and Mm. and eventually the, the powers that be. And I think the accountants looking at the bills went, Ooh, mm. Might be time to wind back on that now. So it's a it's sad that it ended, but it's amazing that it happened because can't see a twenty four hour race at Bathurst ever happening again. No, got so much money, time, yeah. effort. Yeah, I don't know who's got. The, I don't know
1: why. I mean, you can run a twelve hour. Why can't you do a twenty hour four?
0: Twelve times two. Just need a few more drivers and
1: a bit more money, some
0: headlights and yeah. yeah. Go
1: again. I think Go the ahead. night racing is awesome.
0: Well, you went back to the 12-hour, didn't you, in, what, 15 with an, with an Audi? Which yeah, yeah. It was almost like, a that's like Brock it. driving a Ford. Fitzy in an Audi, what's going <laughs> on here?
1: Yeah, best car I've ever driven.
0: Oh, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Right, yeah. the R8? Yeah.
1: So what happened was I'd retired in two oh six, and I just did club stuff, which I love because there's no pressure, just a bit of fun. Mm. Um, and... Uh, drive to the track, drive back to the track, from the track. Uh, in 2013, 2013, yeah, 2013, Alex, who's EMA, um, and my partner in Evolve, he uh, approached me to run a cup car in Challenge.
0: Yeah, so it's the category below career Cup. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And I said, yeah, I'd like to do that as long as I'm competitive. If I'm not I'll get out. Mm. Well, it's history now. I ran second mm. at what? At 60 or yeah,
0: 63, 64. Yeah.
1: Nice. And I was happy with that. So then he bought another car, a later a version two nine nine seven, uh, in in two fourteen, and we ran that one, and I finished fourth that year. And at the very same time, we were at Sandown. And I was having a miserable time, um, like. Guys that had never beaten me, uh, like Mark Sheeney and Michael Ossosano and those guys, they were in front of me on the grid. And I'm thinking, what the hell's going on, you know, with the car? I just couldn't get the pace out of it. And uh, we were struggling to stay in the top ten. And then Alex came along and he'd seen we were out in the back in the tents and all the GT cars were up on pit lane with their nice garages. Let's get one of these, he said. And he decided to buy uh, an R8. And I knew Steve McLaughlin, who owns uh, J-McPem and um, j Racing, And he's he's a good friend, good mate. And he uh, had one for sale. So we bought that car, updated it. And um, our first run was in Highlands. Oh,
0: New Zealand? Yeah. The 101? Yeah. Yeah. And I
1: drove over there with young Michael. um, Armand. Armoured. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And we were fourth. We finished fourth in our first race in the car over there, so that was pretty helpful. Then I went to Sandow, uh, Phillip Island, and ran it in the one hour. They have the Island Magic event.
0: Yep, end of
1: the year. And and Steve won in his car with um, Tander, I think, and I drove on my own, and I ran third uh, in that event. And... um, then we went to the 12-hour, and uh, we had Michael again and... Um,
0: was it Matt Halliday? Matt Halliday. American-based Kiwis He's done a lot of Bathurst V8s Correct. and stuff. And yeah, good punter. champ car, and, yep.
1: Good punter, and we ran up there. And uh, what buggered our race was uh, when I was in the car, late in the race, going into the chase, I moved to let past one of the Bentleys, not aware that Bow was in the other Bentley right behind it. And when we've gone into the kink, Bow's come up the inside and used me, put me off uh, in the sandpit. You sand didn't pit, know it was there
0: and away you went.
1: Put me in the sandpit and uh, I, I went through the sandpit sideways, across the other side and into the thing got bogged. And we lost four laps. And when they when they got us out, we continued on. And it's history now. We finished 14th and we were only four laps down, and we lost four laps then. Parked
0: in the sand, yeah. So it yeah. could have
1: been a better result.
0: What do you think of that car?
1: Oh, awesome. Yeah. I, I um, we, we then got it, we repaired it. I'm just thinking, we went to uh, Clipsal, and I ran the car there. It was a huge accident. Uh, in oh, was
0: that the one at the first chicane? Yeah, yeah. there was cars the bouncing everywhere in the last race of the weekend. I remember Yeah, because yeah, I,
1: I, I, um, I qualified 12th out of 34, I think it was, and I finished third in race one, fifth in race two, I think, but I was third, I think I was third to start the final. Um, and uh, Paul Kelly was in the Ferrari, Ferrari yep. and... Um, Another chap was in a um, McLaren in front of me and mine, and they've gone into the chicane. Paul zigged and zagged, and I'm up the back side of the McLaren, and he's jumped on the brakes. Boom. So I've tipped him. He's gone into the Ferrari. Then there's a whole gaggle behind us that caught up, and I was able to wander around the back of the track. But I think there were eight cars involved.
0: Oh, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. there was cars and, everywhere. Uh,
1: I think the bill for our car was like eighty, ninety grand, Oof. Oof. and we we um, repaired all that. And I went to Sandown to test for the next race, and I had Dean Kutsamidis come on board. He bought a ride, and in practice, I did a twenty-nine-seven in it, which is the best I'd been in it. And the gun, guns were doing like high eights and low to nines. And I felt there was a better time in it. I thought, we'll leave that till race day. Anyhow, Dean was a couple of seconds off my time and we started him and it was about lap five or six. Yanya and Adasa had an off in his Lambo as they're going up through um, uh, Hayshed, come back in, got straight into Dean's door. It was another 30 grand worth of damage.
0: Lovely car, but it cost money when gets yeah, damaged. Yeah, it was,
1: you know, reliable, Mechanically quick, awesome to drive. Don't damage any panel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Front bumper twelve grand, rear wing twelve grand, Mm -hmm. door twelve grand. Everything was bloody twelve grand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) At least you knew what it was going to be. Oh
1: dear. So then Alex decided he wouldn't run anymore, and then last minute, oh no, we did um, Townsville, and I, I didn't have much success up there, and then he shelved the car. And I'd actually bought a transporter and built it all up, ready to cart it around the country. It only did one trip. That was the Townsville and back. <laughs> Anyhow, we decided at the end of the year, um, let's, let's do Highlands. Say goodbye to the R8. So um, I got Fabian on board.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. But you'd yep. raced against in Carrera Cup when he was yep. coming on through, yeah, yeah, and he won a championship. Yeah, he did. Yeah.
1: So I, I was always he's a good bloke. So he come on board, and I, I was pleased to say, uh, right up until lap ninety five, I was beating him in times. Because <laughs> um, to to his defence, he didn't get to do a lot of practice, get used to the car, his first time in it. So his real time was in the race, and I started. And then I let him finish and um, I think he knocked me off by seven-tenths or something.
0: I love how blokes who've raced for like 40, 50 years can remember lap numbers, lap times, margins, gaps between things that happened so long ago that, you know, it's almost an effort to remember what you had for breakfast last Wednesday, but you can remember the lap time that you punched Correct. however many years ago. It's, it's a race driver said, thing. What you said,
1: so many people have said to me. You've all got you the rem- same
0: thing. You <laughs> are all the same, you race drivers. You're yeah. all wired the same. There's there's something in among um, <laughs> all of that. Um, speaking of Fabian in that era, so Carrera Cup came in 03 and and I've got an intimate knowledge of that because I worked there at the time with Jamie Blake, who's no longer with us, um, yeah. he he was a gun with, with all that stuff. He'd been with um, Paragon, the V8 team that um, uh, he was. He became sort of a co-owner with, uh, Cameron McLean, mm-hmm. and then ended up.
1: Good I know, light, got, Cameron. He,
0: yeah. Um, and then this company called Cup Car was formed that ran Carrera Cup originally. It wasn't Porsche Run originally. It was by Cup Car that had. It's Sharon's. Oh, no, this was before the Sharon's. Oh, this really? was Tony Quinn and oh, yes. Jamie and David yes. Skasebrook and, and a few of the yes. Porsche Cup guys had got together, done a deal with Porsche. Carrera Cup, you know, there were, I think we rolled out, didn't we? At the Grand Prix was the f- the first race event non-championship with 29, 30 cars. Mm-hmm. Looked great, sounded great. I think mean, we were supposed to have Jochen Maas on the grid, but he couldn't run because of a licensing drama. But there was Jimmy, yourself, you know, a lot of the Porsche. Faithful mm. came along with The first it,
1: one was the Grand Prix, wasn't it? Yeah it yeah. was. It was. Alex Davis. Thirty four cars.
0: Yeah, Alex Davis came out and drove Quinny's car. He of course was driving them overseas, so he whooped everyone there and, yeah. and and then the thing got rolling. So I've got really great memories. The Enyo car was the thing that I remember with working with you on yeah. and getting a bit of the coverage and the PR out there when mm. you went from the, the, the Falcon blue and green to the, yeah, to 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 the, the, the yellow, yellow and black, and that, that stood out really significantly. Yeah. So you did, I think, what, four years in Carrera Cup, and then at the end of 06, you made the call to go, right, up going to step so, out, but you still ran cars after that. So
1: what happened was it was interesting. <laughs> when you say that it was the debut of Carrera Cup at the Grand Prix, <laughs> you got people now having to get used to left-hand drive cars. And one of the issues um, we found at the Grand Prix with missed gear changes. was the clutches. They, they had to change about 20 cars' worth of clutches. Yeah,
0: and that went on for half the year. Yeah. Because um, wasn't that a fail-safe in that 996 yeah, Cup car? Yeah, rather to,
1: than over-rev it, it, the clutch would take the mm, the power and it would fail, mm, and then it would vibrate, mm, and you, you'd struggle to get to the end. There were so many clutch changes going on yeah, in those first few and events. That, were, that first race, I couldn't believe how many clutches yeah, we did, yeah. you know, or, or guys did, mm. Um and I admit I did one or two, um, but uh, yeah. So that was, I, I, and and that had ABS.
0: Yeah, that that got a few people right? caught out too. So
1: I finished third in in two o three, finished fourth in two o four, and then sixth in two o five, and then we changed. To um, the 997.
0: You six, that's right, remember. Yep. With no ABS. Yep.
1: And Fitzy said, You'll, the guy said to me, You'll be, you're experienced in not having ABS from the early years. You'll get used to this stuff. And the trouble is, I got so used to late braking under ABS, mm. I struggled with it, knowing in the back of my head, as I've said, to win, you've got to finish. We only had six tyres for an event. I don't want to fluff a front tyre by locking up. Mm. So I found myself too conservative, which I normally am not, under brakes to try and make sure I didn't do a tyre. And that hurt me. and In 2006, I think I finished ninth or 10th and I thought, this isn't heading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So I retired because I had sponsors and I knew I had to deliver. And in, um, in 2007, we ran Marcus Marshall. That's right, yeah. Who had some money and I had some sponsorship. And we ran the team together, and he finished fourth. And in two oh eight, um, we had um, uh, Andrew Moffat. His mentors approached me to run him, and I let him do an Isle of Magic with me in in the uh, my G three um, uh, ride car.
0: Was that the old club sport that you? Yeah, yeah I yeah, had a Uber. duty three yeah.
1: that I built up as a ride car rather than put miles on the race car for the hot lap sessions for Klusimus. I ran them in this thing. Still gave him the same buzz. And we ran Island Magic together and uh, we won it, I think. I think we won it. But I was quicker than him. And I said to his mentors, I said, look, you might be wasting your money here because he's not going to be top 10 and, and they'll eat him up. But they did, insisted on doing it and they're throwing half a million dollars at me. So I took him on board and then Berto came on board and said, look, I've got the gig with, with, um, with Quinny's car, but I need to, to run it. And I've got a little bit of money from the mad butcher in New Zealand. And I said, well, I see what I can do. And originally I went back to um, Moffat's sponsor and said, look, for an extra hundred, I can put you on the other car as well. we will be on both, get you some more exposure. And he came on board. Anyhow, two-thirds of the way through the series after um, young Moffat had damaged the car a few times, struggled to get in the top ten, I had a meeting with his sponsor. I said, mate, we had an agreement that if he's not cutting the mustard, I'd put someone in that could get value for you. And he said, well, to me, um, he's telling me that you're not building in the same car for events. I said, well, that's not the case. And um, I, we agreed on a package to finish their relationship. And right at the same time, Sharon's went bust. Yeah. They were running Curriera Cup.
0: They, they had taken it over, yeah. They'd
1: taken it over and went bust. And young Dave Russell was without a drive. So I said, Dave, come on board with my car. Have you got? He had boom logistics. That's it,
0: yeah. And I was commentating all these races back in the day. That's why when you say those names, they... You- straight into my head.
1: So we got Boom on board, finished the series off, and uh, it was interesting. The very first race that we did was at the island. They were first and third on the grid. And I thought, I hope his sponsor's watching this. (laughs) And then we went to Bathurst, and they were first and third again, I think it was. And what would happen, David had the habit of driving the car on the rear tyres. He liked oversteer, and we'd have to set the car up for him versus a different setup for Beardo, who drove on the front tyres. Dave could be faster than Beardo in a qualifying lap, but when it came to a race, Beardo had run him down because mm. he wasn't cooking his rear tyres like, like young Dave did. And we ended up Beardo won the championship and um, Dave finished third. Mm. So we're pleased with that result.
0: And that was that era where Berto became the Carrera Cup kick. Like he kind of became what Jimmy had been earlier yeah. in the piece where he was the – the dominant guy and won a yeah. pile of championships, and it was kind of hard to.
1: And then it finished like they didn't run two o nine because the yeah, GFC. No.
0: Yeah, and Carrera in Cup 10. died for a couple of years, and then it came back in eleven. So yeah. and I guess the GFC Carrera Cup stopping sponsors go, and that's where you went. That, that's it. Yeah, yeah,
1: that was a very traumatic period in my life mentally, from what I do now. I've lost my income hmm. because I had the workshop, but it. I was oh, only,
0: like prepping, you know, road yeah, cars and yeah. doing all that and, stuff, and yeah.
1: We had the workshop and, and a lot of our income was from running because we had young Barton Moore mm. run with us that year as well and he finished top ten. But um, I thought because in all the sponsorship packages, I'd allowed a bit of income for me. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's going to stop. So, yeah, that was pretty tight those years.
0: So was that a case of? You owned the cars, sell the cars. Yeah. Yeah. Got rid of them. Yeah. Out of y- racing. Yasser Shanin mm.
1: bought my cup car, one of mm. my cup cars. Yeah. Um, and, um yeah, so then I went back to just doing really just uh club stuff at work, tried to keep the business flowing. And in 2009, when all this hit the fan with GFC, I started Evolve Technique.
0: Mm. I was going to ask you about that because we hadn't quite – we alluded to it and mentioned it a little bit. So, what, 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 what is it?
1: Okay, so I'd been all these years doing performance upgrades for Porsches. I push them, exhausts, ECU tunes, uh, camshafts, uh, the whole works. That in suspension and whatever to improve people's cars for competition, and um, with turbos, etc. Um, and I wanted. Th- I thought out, so we should do this for other European makes. And in 2008, um, we we built Tony Quinn's uh, engine for the, the uh, Nürburgring.
0: Oh, when they went and did the 24-hour. Right? The
1: and they also, we rebuilt the cup car engine that I think um, he'd, he'd been running at Dubai and whatever and did two 24-hours in it, and it launched an engine with about an hour to go in the second race. Ugh. So we rebuilt that. And uh, he offered me the drive at Nurburgring with uh, Dean Grant, uh, um, Paul Kelly from New Zealand, and um, a guy from South Australia that runs. He was a real estate guy, but I forget now. I'll, it's it's senile decline. You're allowed
0: <laughs> to. You're allowed to.
1: Anyhow. Um, uh, yeah, so we went to Nurburgring in two hundred eight, and that was man, that
0: bucket was list, awesome, wild,
1: wild, absolutely. <laughs> when you're on the plane coming home, and and you're thinking about you're re-driving the track, and you're thinking, ah, shouldn't have let off there, I shouldn't have let off there. <laughs> There'd
0: be like twenty of those a lap with me. Oh
1: man, I know one particular corner uh, or one particular section of the track. I was arriving at fifth gear into the braking area. By the time I'd got laps under my belt, I was arriving in sixth. (laughs) (laughs) And you've got to learn because there's a lot of blind corners and ups and downs. You've got to know where it's going and you've got to have muscle memory. And I think I improved over 30 seconds a lap. Yeah, it doesn't shock me. In the stints.
0: Yeah, yeah. And th- those guys that do those races all the time, just yeah. know it like you would know Bathurst yes. or, you know, Philip Island or you know, like yeah. the back of their hand quite literally. And you
1: drive around and it's dry and the other half it's wet because mm, it's such a big track. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah.
1: I had the lust- illustrious effort of doing that. Mm, In mm. the night session, no one wanted to do the night session. So <laughs> you I'll drew do- the short straw? Or oh, you the put s- your hand up? Yeah, I said, I'll oh. do it. I don't mind. And it was bloody raining halfway around. And I went out on slicks, Oof. and I found it wet. And I just had to behave myself, because I knew if I put wets on, I'd, I'd, I'd blow them out. Because mm. you get they them wouldn't hot, last. they wouldn't last in the hot section. In the dry section, you'd burn all the tread off. So what happens? I come in, hand it over to Paul. Paul goes out, does a couple of laps. Said, put the wets on. Then he goes out. Five, six laps later, blows the tire.
0: too hot cooked cooked um fitzy are you a racing hoarder have you kept everything i I tend to we did talk about this before we started with the microphones on but i've tended to find from all the people that i've chatted to and known in racing over the years they are either full-on hoarders and keep every trophy memorabilia item race suit helmet team clothing whatever it might be they're either fully everything or they've just not kept anything. Very rare that anyone's in the middle. Where are you on the scale of
1: keeping stuff? I'm probably in the middle. (laughs) All
0: right, of stuff but not crazy. We're never going to see you on one of those hoarders TV shows where you're encased in boxes in your lounge room or
1: anything like that. I'd like a decent shed to put all the pictures and trophies up. That's all I've kept. Driving suits and helmets and that, no. Um, I've kept a couple but really... I think when we moved factories, a lot of that stuff got tossed out. Mm. So I've got stuff in boxes at the workshop. I've got stuff in my garage from when I moved from Warrandyte. And as you can see, I've got some of my prized possessions here. Mm. Um, And um, workshops not really set up at the moment to put them up because it gives us credibility. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, also I'm not sure if Alex or Christian – I'm not sure whether they want to promote that or not. Hmm. Um, so I'll leave that up to them. They know they, know they know that, where to find it. They know where they are. Yep. And I know there's some in – there's a downstairs area where we are at the moment, and I know there's a trophy cabinet there and some stuff's in there as well.
0: Hmm. What's your most coveted trophy? Is there anyone that sticks out? We, we know the 12-hour one's not exactly a big standout piece. Is, <clears> is there anything that's floating around that you see and just when you're walking by the morning? Here at home and go, oh, well, yeah, that's a good one. That was nah, a
1: good one. No. Can't.
0: you got so many to choose from, it's actually pretty hard, yeah. to be honest. No, I can't so. really.
1: I mean, I've got one over there, the clock. Um, that's a ARDC club champion. And, mm. uh, that was like I'm a Vic- Victorian and I won the New South Wales. That's like going in and you know, stealing things, isn't it? They, but you're originally. It's like up slapping there, them so. in the face, yeah. you know I mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so just Escape over the border with it and get yeah. home before they can take it off you. Yeah. Um, Which of – I mean, you've had so many cars over the years, Mm -hmm. particularly Porsches, but the proddy cars. Are there any that you would have liked to have kept? Because it always is the thing where you had to sell one to get the next one and and keep on going like that. But are there any that have got a soft spot in your heart that you go, I wouldn't mind having that parked in the garage?
1: Yeah, the RSCS 993.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was such a long period. That's probably the –
1: yeah, ninety
0: five to ninety nine. 99. Oh, five six seven five years of yeah. racing. GTP, yep. Eastern Creek Twelve Hour, Bathurst three hours. Yeah, lot of miles, yep. lot of competition. Actually, I do have a. I must dig this out, and I completely forgot about this. So, in nineteen ninety five, remember the days of the Dutton Grand Prix Rally? Yeah. I have a photo. It's me, and it's you. It's the Porsche with, I think, you and Carol, your wife at the time, who was navvying. It's the 911 RSCS. Yep. At Ballarat, at Lake Wenderee, and there was a little speed test set up with witches' hats for all sort of 20 seconds. And I reckon there's a photo that I've got of me standing there with your, your car, my best mate, Brett Seagrave, getting your autograph. I'll dig it out. I'll send it to you because it's there somewhere from the Dutton oh, Grand Prix that. Rally and in, in that car because that was the you could drive that on the road. Yeah. It wasn't just the racing yeah. car. You was it was a road registered car. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm writing that down do because that, I must. I love that. I must dig that out. I do remember that Steve Richards drove Jim's car in that Dutton right Grand Prix Rally. I did tell him to back up at the start line because he crept over the line. But uh-huh. The things that you remember. The things that you remember. <laughs> um, I've seen on socials and around the place talking to some people that a lot of your old cars are around,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, cup cars and various bits. Does it is it pretty cool when people reach out to you yeah. and go, hey, do you remember, what what did you do with this car? I, I'm pretty sure I've got this car that you ran there. Yeah, I, I know there's a lot of people who just go, oh, too hard, don't know, don't yeah. care. But I, I get the sense from you that that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it is. very. Yeah. There's a young guy here who I know pretty well called James Pappas. Yeah, yeah. And James is on my Facebook and whatever, and he's been restoring a lot of my old cars, even Quinny's car. Yeah, the G 3 Club Sports. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, so he's done a couple, and I actually did a, f- a couple of photo shots with him at Sandown. He brought my GT3 out there.
0: The Club Sport, the Falcon Tyres yeah, car. Yeah, the Falcon
1: yeah. Tyres. He brought it out on President's Day. And President's Day for the Porsche Club is a non-competitive day. It's a day where we take our family, friends, sponsors for a hot lap and give them a buzz. And um, uh, I was there in the Boxster and he brought it out and, and parked behind our garage and said, can we take a few shots? Yeah. So that's that belongs to a guy in South Australia and he's restored it to the way I rent it. He did a good job, too. Nice job.
0: They might have found a place with some archive photos to get the uh, delivery right. I know a bloke who, who might have had a couple of the photos. interior is a
1: bit um, non-Nation's Cup. <laughs> he's, he's, he's redone all the inside and it's all very nice. Well, on the nice. outside, it looks Nation's yeah, Cup. Yeah, absolutely. It
0: does, it does look a bit. When I look back through, we've got a, a really big results database in our office that we've built and that we keep fed with all the results of touring cars, supercars, bathists and stuff. And it just it's a good refresher before I come and do these chats because a lot of it's in my brain, mm-hmm. but then i it reminds me of other things. And there was just one really weird thing, and I went, I have no idea what the story was, and I'd love to know. So when I asked our guys at work, how many Australian touring car championship rounds do you think Fitzy did? And they all pondered, and I was sort of thinking, uh oh, Bathurst, well, that wasn't part of the championship back in the day, and mm, I'm, her, I'm her. One. Tasmania Not 1988 Simmons Plains in a privateer VK Commodore. Russell Lanyon entered. I think was that the gold bullion car Not at sure. one stage? Not sure. How is it that you came to drive an old Commodore in Tasmania in your one and only touring car championship? Round? If I, can remember. I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Buggered if I can remember. When Quite you lit up me. and
0: said Tasmania, I thought, oh, there's a story here and he's going to tell us how this deal happened. Yeah. Or there's no story because we're not sure and don't know. But it is the latter. Mm. There you go. The exactly. one and only ATCC appearance.
1: There was, there was something to do. Uh, that event was something to do. I, I interacted with Larry Perkins there, I think, to try and get some advice. And it was a bit like the Bartlett affair about starting the car and getting it off the line. Mm. And I got a similar response. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember um, – I, no, i would no, be guessing. I'm sure somewhere along the line I felt I got the revenge because I'd passed him or something going into one <laughs> or whatever. But, yeah, no, that was – a yeah, bit of a non event.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's in the results books and I thought I you know, know what I'd just love to. Unfortunately,
1: ask. you can't always pick the car and team you run for. No, that's right. That's um, very true. And yeah, especially in touring cars. And um you know, when when you look at the touring cars grid today and you look at the talent and you look at the times between the top ten there's nothing in it.
0: Mm, it's it's stopwatch grand prix, isn't it? Like yeah. press press the button twice, and that's about the gap. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm. And you've got to compliment the engineers and the drivers to have that ability to be so close.
0: The level is. It,
1: it just shows what talent yeah. we've got in Australia. I think. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I, I I look at guys over the years that didn't make it, and and it's really often been because they just didn't have the funding the contacts, the right people, yet they had the talent. Mm, Yeah. Um, And a good mate of mine in the Porsche Club is a guy called Rex Broadbent and we had dinner with him last Sunday. And I said, Rex, you ran a form of the Ford a couple of times and I know you're a tight (laughs) ass. And I said, I reckon you could have done a lot in that category or any other category if you weren't so tight with your money because <laughs> I knew he'd be running in a championship series on second-hand tyres just to save a quid. And I said, I, I just wish you'd run uh, and someone got behind you and ran you because you do a lot. And there's many other people mm. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's Look it's at a Lucio. Cesario. Cesario. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he blotted his copy book in his last drive with Bondi because mm. mm. they decided after I did with Bondi the year before, they'd run him. In uh, one of the new alphas, the year after, and I didn't get the gig, and he you know, he stuck it in the wall.
0: Yeah, he up caused the top. The, he caused the first pace car in the history of the Bathurst one thousand. It's one of those footnotes yeah. in great race kind and of then history.
1: Never heard of him after that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Hell it was, was a, a win
1: great. it or bin it attitude that he had. Mm, mm. You
0: know, yeah. There's a, there's a long list of names that coulda woulda shoulda didn't. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. It's just the case of lucky break at the right time, meet the right person, bit of talent. Yeah. bit of money, yeah, there's there's no book, there's no. no guide to, all right, if you do this, this, this and this, this will guarantee that you're going you've to get to, to where work you want to go. It. It's, yeah. it's work. Yeah, yeah, it totally and, you is. you know,
1: I think the hardest thing in my career has been getting the money to do it.
0: Yeah. But when you look back at all the stuff that we've discussed, I'd say that you've done a pretty good job. It's yeah. the accountant that went racing yeah. at 27 and is still punting around and enjoying. I know that there's...
1: So, you know, I... As part of my deal with people like ASA, you know, I have to attend their conference, their sales conference. And what they wanted me to do, because I'd been in sales, so I knew what they wanted me to impart to their sales team. And I just tell them, hey guys, you're out one of the best computers that's available. I'm out selling sponsorship. I want you to give me 200000 bucks. If you think you've got a tough job, do what I do. And I said, but I've been successful and what's done it for me is I persist. And you get one door closed, another one opens. Hmm. But it might be five door closed and another one opens. You've just got to keep knocking on the door.
0: Yeah, they will open.
1: And that's what got me through this this yeah. lifetime.
0: When we look back at all the stuff that we've chatted, we've probably missed a few things along the way and <laughs> steered around a few things that we forgot about or we didn't get to. But... It's an amazing body of work. I mean, the corporate partnerships, the money you stitched together, the cars you drove, the championships you won, the people you met along the way, it's been awesome. I've loved sitting down. It's been great. It's Thank been it's a while since I've seen you. Um, there's plenty of stuff we've probably missed and people are going, oh, they didn't it's talk like, about this and what about that? What yeah. about that bloke? What about that car? Just the
1: friendships, mate. Like yeah, The people that we look up to, like we've mentioned some names like Bondi and Gricey and those guys, you've got those and Jonesy. Jones is on my Facebook still. Mm. We don't converse a lot, but we do. Um, Johnny Faulkner. Yeah, yeah. He's Mrs. He's a character.
0: Alison's good value. It's good yeah. value. Good value.
1: But um, those people, plus the business people, that you know, like Spencer Gremmer and um, Ray Altas, those guys, like seven years with those people and they yeah. were good people, you know.
0: It's great bodywork, mate. Thanks yeah. for the time. Really enjoyed it. We'll get that photo of that 12-hour trophy up. And I will dig that photo out ha, ha. of the Dutton Rally Grand Prix from 1995. I'm a little bit shorter. Um, no Sh- specs. It's before the specs. Ha, ha. Um, total race fan mode. Total race fan mode. But, mate, thanks so much for sitting down and going through some of this stuff. Um, Absolutely. Really welcome. cool stuff. You should be very proud of what you've done. Keep fighting. Keep punching thanks, away.
1: Thanks, mate.
0: What a great story Peter Fitzgerald is. If you've missed part one, go back and have a listen. On this podcast, every week and whenever we're doing episodes, I've got an aim, and in no particular order, it's to inform, entertain, educate, and enjoy. And I reckon we did all four of those in this chat. A big thank you to Fitzy for hosting us too. We wish him very well in that ongoing battle with cancer. We hope he keeps kicking goals as far into the future as possible. We've got some great sit-down chats with stars of Australian motorsport ahead. Some of them are big stars. Some of them are lesser-known lights. But with stories and insights that you've never heard before, that's what sets the sleuth pod apart from the pack and judging by the response to our early episodes this year you're voting with your ears so a big thank you by the way while i'm thanking people i want to thank you for listening to our podcast because you helped us win a motorsport australia award very recently for the best use of digital media it's our fourth year in a row winning that category and it's because of you so thanks for tuning in Me, I, us, we all appreciate it. Right, that's us done for this episode of the V8 Sleuth Podcast, powered by Castrol in 2024. I'm Aaron Noonan. Thanks for tuning in. Send us your feedback via the form on the website, and I'll see you soon.